0: Hello, Dave Sherwin.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me on the podcast.
0: I'm so excited to have you on the show. Let me tell my audience a little bit about your background. So Dave Sherwin is a certified fitness nutrition coach, and he's the founder of Dairobi.com. His passion is for helping grown-ups navigate real world health challenges and achieve their best health and wellness at any age. He's also the creator and the host of the Dairobi Health Show, which I'm so excited to be on in a couple weeks, which covers everything to do with health and wellness, including the latest in nutrition, exercise, supplements, and clinical studies. Oh, my God. This is awesome. I have so many questions to ask you about weight loss, nutrition, trends. This is going to (laughs) be so exciting. So let's start with a little bit about your story. How did you get into the space of nutritional supplements and fitness coaching?
1: I didn't get into it until later in my life. Uh, As a matter of fact, um, I'm a business person. I've been an entrepreneur since uh, 1993. And I've built and bought and sold businesses. And that's been my passion. Um, And I've always, along the way, loved health and fitness. And it started when I was a kid. I was very shy, like like painfully shy, like no friends in elementary school, really, uh, and um, just really, really kind of a backwards kid, honestly. And one day in like sixth or seventh grade, I don't remember, but the kids were trying to dunk like a small ball on the seven-foot hoop outside, and they couldn't do it. And I was like, I was tall. I was a tall, skinny kid, and and uh, I was like, oh, can I try that? And I went up, and I was able to dunk the ball. And that's my first memory of actually accomplishing anything physical if you know what I mean, like it was just really cool to be able to do this thing, and the other kids couldn't do it. And it started a passion for basketball, and I started playing basketball over time, I ended up making the high school basketball team. I was never a great basketball player, but I loved it. And it was formative for me. I actually, looking back, I was able to develop more confidence. And and I learned over time about nutrition and about lifting weights. I took a jump training program to try to jump higher. And then I was able to play basketball in front of a crowd where, you know, I'd just been such a shy, um, introverted kid. And I just it just really helped me um, get through you know those those tough uh preteen and 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 teenage years. And so from then I've just never lost my my passion for it. But then in 2009 uh, I had a really huge business failure. It was really bad. I was I've been in e-commerce since 2003. And in 2009 we had an e-commerce business teaching people how to market online. And everyone's interested in that or was uh, even more so at that time because people didn't know. This is before uh, you know in 2003 there's no YouTube, there's no Facebook. I mean, I remember having to have a Friendster strategy strategy, right? And MySpace and and all these video sites we put our videos on and and we had a successful business where people paid us by the month to do regular workshops and train them how to do lead generation and blogging and build a website and we taught all that stuff. And our servers got hacked Uh and we could not repair it. It was terrible. We went from having a successful membership business to being out of business in six weeks. Yeah, it it was devastating. And I was literally calling friends in the industry saying, my business is gone. I'm looking for something else to do. This was growing and we were doing well and I had no plans of doing anything else. And my friend Dan said, Dave, you're a health guy. You're always exercising. You're always talking about supplements and exercise and nutrition I've always wondered why you didn't go into the health space. And it was like a bolt of lightning, you know, what he said. And he even said, I've got a buddy who's trying to get me to market a weight loss supplement. I think it's a great supplement. It goes hand in hand with a diet. And I'm not going to do it. Let me introduce you to him. He made an introduction. And seven months later, we're doing $100,000 a month of sales of a weight loss program. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I kid you not. It was kind of mind blowing. And, it took seven months to build a better business than I had before, and so it was a one of those crazy life challenges, you know, um, where I went from the the trauma of having a business like ruined, but it, I felt like it was like it also probably the universe just saying you've been going in the wrong direction for a long time, dummy. Right. <laughs> exactly. Let's course correct. <laughs>
0: I like to say how the worst things in life, one of my journal prompts is how the worst thing that happened today is actually the best thing, but you Mm. can look at your life and say the same thing, you know, how the worst thing that happened to you, losing that company was actually the best thing because you got into the health and wellness space where you've done so well. So I was looking at your uh, bio and one of my favorite things because I just turned 50 is why is 50 the new 30 in your opinion?
1: Isn't that great? I love that. It really resonates with me.
0: It's so Um, calming for me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, when I was uh, when I was uh, 40 uh, is when I actually stopped playing basketball. And uh, at that point of turning 40, it was a little bit discouraging because I couldn't I wasn't as quick. I couldn't jump as high. I would played basketball my whole life. Like from the story I told you. um, After I got married, I found groups that played in the mornings. I would played basketball three times a week. I'd lift weights the other three times a week and I felt very fit and healthy and I had buddies that would work out with me and a group of guys I played basketball with. And as I was coming up on 40, I thought, I can't do this anymore. And it's not long-term, you can't play basketball forever and not very well, that was the other thing. I could still play, but I, I couldn't play the way I wanted to or the way that I used to. And a buddy of mine had done a mini triathlon and he's like, Dave, this is super fun. You ever done a race? I'm like, no, I've never done a race uh and and but i'm thinking ironman like but i don't want to do a triathlon i don't want to swim forever and bike forever and run a marathon who wants to do that it's miserable he goes no no they have these mini triathlons you swim half a mile you bike 12 miles you run a 5k i thought oh that sounds actually kind of fun and you know running biking swimming are so basic low impact for the most part biking and swimming anyway mm-hmm. and i've been running cuz of basketball so I'll give it a shot. And literally on my 40th birthday, I stopped playing basketball and started running, biking, swimming, and doing triathlons. And, and when I turned 48, I qualified for the national championships in Olympic distance triathlon. Wow, that's amazing it It was fun, so my wife went out with me. we did this trip went to Montreal first, and the race was down in Burlington, Vermont. so we drove down there and um and did the race and is and I finished in the top twenty five percent so I had people half my age behind me at the finish line, right and there's something about that that's really gratifying <laughs> and to be forty eight years old right and and to feel like I can still perform. I can still do, you know, maybe basketball isn't the thing, but I can do this. And I think that's the first lesson. I'm not saying triathlon is the answer for everyone, but my lesson is, hey, at 50, you might not be able to do something that you've loved for a long, long time, but there's something else that you can do really, really well and even outperform younger people. So, I think that's that was a lesson I took out of it is to be adjustable and flexible with where, where we're at, but not to give in. right? Too many people, uh, they just kind of let their passion for health and fitness go as they get older. And I just don't think that's wise. I don't think we have to. Um, for many people, they've already had their first heart attack by the, by the time they turn 40. And I, I, I just feel like those of you listening that are over 40 – figure out something fun you can do set a goal whether it's to do a spartan race a half marathon um, my current challenge in life uh, is to row the 2000 meter in under seven minutes the uh, 2000 is the olympic distance row i've got my rowing machine behind me for those watching yeah, on uh, 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 a video and when covid set in and all the gyms closed down uh, I thought, well, I'm going to have to work out at home. So i got myself this machine because I thought, well, the machine I really like at the gym that always seems to be available, right? Like a lot of the machines are used all the time at a gym and the rowing machine just kind of sits there, but it's the one I really liked. <laughs> awesome. And I, I'd heard ja- uh, Hugh Jackman on the Tim Ferriss show where Tim Ferriss asked him if you could only do one thing, you know, here you are, you're Wolverine, but you're doing 18 hour days on sets at times how do you stay so ripped? How do you be great as showman and Wolverine and have the ripped physique at 50 years old? And he goes, you give me a rowing machine and I can get off that rowing machine and do push-ups and those two things work every muscle in my body. And that, you know, that sparked with me. I thought, okay, cool, I'll try that now. He said, if you can break seven minutes in the 2000, you'll be lean and strong and then just do some push-ups because the rowing machine doesn't get your chest muscles, it doesn't get your pecs. And so it's push-ups, it's rowing machine. So, you know, whatever it is for you. Again, someone might be listening, going, "That sounds miserable. Rowing's boring. I don't want to." Do it. I'm not saying do rowing, but you see what I'm, I'm saying, Rebecca? Is just find something that that floats your boat, right? Yeah,
0: something that you enjoy. That's the most important thing because if you enjoy it, you're going to actually do it and stick to a fitness regimen. If you don't enjoy it, if it's boring, then you won't stick to it. So. I think That's, that's right.
1: right. And, and the fact that you have a goal, there's a huge difference between working out and training. Mm-hmm. When you're getting ready for a Spartan race or a marathon or a seven minute, um, you know, 2000 meter roll or whatever, when, when there's an event. Your whole exercise is different because you tend to create a plan working up to that event. You, you tend to know it's coming in the future. You tend to rethink some of your nutritional choices because you're like, ah, you know, for example, if I do a really hard workout, it might burn 240 calories. Well, that's how many calories is in one Dr. Pepper, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So if I've worked really hard in the morning and someone offers me a Dr. Pepper for lunch, it's easier to say no, because I think, nah, that's going to just take away the 240 calories I burned this morning. And so having a goal, having an objective, um, I think is part of the 50 is a new 30. As not letting your old passion go that you used to have when you were younger. Um, finding something that really works for you. One of the cool things about it being a little older and wiser is hopefully we've lost a lot of our ego, right? So, it's not so much now about impressing anybody. We don't so much care about how our body looks as we hopefully did when we were in our 20s and it was a different game. We're more into functional health, right? And the reason I say that is because like, have you been to a, like, I love it when I go to a big city, a big city park on a nice day and see the older people doing exercises in public that a younger person would be embarrassed to do?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen that, but uh, it reminds me of the videos of all the like hundreds of older women in China doing like Tai Chi together outside in a park, but I, I know what you're saying.
1: Yes, Tai Chi, yoga. Um, there, there's a large group of uh, a huge East Indian community up in British Columbia near where my parents live at a park. And they're out in their full East Indian garb, the headdresses, the robes, and they're walking the track and they're doing dips and they're doing pull-ups. And it's beautiful. And it's there's, there might be 200 East Indian families at this park uh, picnicking and exercising and it inspires me it's just a a beautiful cool thing and they're not dressed like athletes
0: right because it's just looking good and being in the coolest (laughs) fitness gear yeah
1: yeah so anyways that's a few thoughts I have on 50 is the new 30 and it really is I'm stronger today than I was in my 20s I I feel better in a lot of ways
0: I'm lifting heavier weights now than I did when I was playing high school and college tennis. It is really true. I love it. Yeah, it's great. So tell us about the top seven health habits. I know this is going to be coming out toward the end of the year and people are going to be starting to think about their New Year's resolutions and what they want to achieve in the new year with their health. What are the top seven health habits?
1: Okay. The top seven health habits, this, this, uh, let me give you a tiny bit of backstory on this, because I think it would be important to lay the groundwork before I give you the seven. Yeah. And one of the reasons why is, first of all, you got to understand that we start off in the weight loss space. And I loved it when someone told me they lost 30 pounds in our program. As a a business person, it's super fulfilling. But guess what? I always wondered in the back of my head, what would happen if I interview that person two years later? Did they keep it off? Was their life really changed? Or was this just one other yo-yo diet in that person's history? And at the time, we didn't have anything to give them. So, we weren't able to say, okay, glad you lost the 30 pounds. Here's what to do next. I literally didn't have that. And, And it bugged me. It's why I went and got my health certification from Precision Nutrition. It's why I spent a lot, you know, we spent a lot of time researching this. So, that was where it came from, was something that people who'd lost the weight could keep it off with. The next thing I want to point out as laying the foundation for this is that it's pretty mundane. <laughs> and many, many people don't want mundane in their health. They want a silver bullet. They right. want the supplement. You just put it in your mouth and swallow it and it'll change your life. I'm a supplement seller. It's how I make my living. I have a line of supplements. And yet I don't sell them as silver bullets. I sell them as part of a strategy.
0: Yeah, And, and, and lifestyle. And
1: It's lifestyle. And so, I just want to challenge people who listen to these things to understand that that it may not sound like the silver bullet, but they work. But you also might feel, well, I already know that, and I already know that, and I already know that. Guess what? That's fine. But I highly doubt you're doing them effectively every single day. So, as I say them, for those of you listening, I'd like to just kind of think, well, okay, I know that. Am I doing it? Am I doing it every single day? Okay,
0: we're listening. We're ready. That was a nice uh, preface. Let's, go. let's <laughs> go seven health habits.
1: Here we go. And Rebecca, I'm going to read all seven in a row.
0: Okay. And then
1: this let you expand if you want or point out any one of them as we uh, after that. Okay,
0: okay, let's hear them. All. Seven. I'm going to
1: read you the list. Number one, do not drink calories which means drink water, enough water every day. Number two, eat all your food very slowly and mindfully. This includes treats all your food, everything you eat every day, slowly and mindfully. Number three is intermittent fasting. An eight-hour eating window for men, 10-hour eating window for women. That can be customized, but if you don't have a health coach and you've never done this before, those are some really great numbers to start with. Number four, eat healthy carbs, fat, and protein with every meal and get five to nine servings of veggies. This is a big one. This one can be challenging. We We live in a a carb-addicted society, so this one can take a little bit of work, mm-hmm. but that's number four. Number five, observe a simple supplement strategy, because no matter how good your diet is, there's some things you're going to be deficient on, and you should test for that, not guess. Take the supplements you need, not necessarily the ones that have you've been sold on. <laughs> okay? Uh, number six is exercise daily. Seven days a week with a combination of light, medium, and heavy, according to your fitness level and your goals. And number seven is get seven to nine hours of sleep every night. Mm-hmm. And those seven, in conjunction, done together every day, are incredibly powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Okay. This is this is great. I, I just, <laughs> just kind of offer my two cents i agree when someone is trying to get fit i don't even like to say the word losing weight because some people don't lose weight it's more about body composition right Mm -hmm. yes increasing your muscle shrinking your fat you know being leaner so if someone's trying to get leaner a lot of people don't realize that they're going to the starbucks they're getting the frappuccino or they're going to jamba juice and getting the thousand calorie smoothie thinking they're healthy I think that's a really good first one because people don't even realize they think they're being healthy, but a lot of them are drinking their calories.
1: Yes, they are. And it's not an all or nothing proposition. The way I teach this to people is if you're in a weight loss phase, and I love what you said about body composition, body fat is a much better metric than weight, much better. Yeah. Okay. Um if you can get your body, and, and and honestly, everyone listening, I'm telling you, it can change your life if you'll have a body fat goal. If you have a way to measure your body fat on a regular basis and you forget about the scale and focus on the body fat, it can change your life because uh, it's more accurate. And because we all have a different body type, there's endomorphs, ectomorphs, and mesomorphs. And if you're a mesomorph trying to be an endomorph, it's not going to work. You can't change your basic this body type. My
0: life, a mesomorph trying to be an ectomorph. <laughs> and I <just> it. <laughs> when I stopped trying to lose wonderful. Weight, I gained eight pounds of muscle, and I actually gained eight pounds this year. But I've never been leaner. I'm gonna close the door because my dog is starting to hate me. No, attitude.
1: I. I love that. I've got a scale here. I bought this to, to uh, give away. We're going to do a little contest or something. And I, so I bought this scale. These scales. This one's called the Smart Body Composition Scale, and you can find these things on Amazon for about thirty bucks. Okay.
0: Cool.
1: And they have an app that goes goes with them. There's a variety of brands. I think mine is called a Renfo. R-E-N. PHO And there's part of this cheap tech from China, right? I'll just, it's, that's just the deal. But these are, these are scales that used to cost $200 in a big box store in America. They're now 30 bucks on Amazon, okay? And you stand on them in your bare feet. And I'm telling you, they are accurate. When I first got mine a few years ago, I uh, had free body uh, fat uh, measuring at the local gym that I went to as part of a service that they offered. Mm-hmm. And I, I stood on the scale measure my body fat went to the gym and had them do it with their super deluxe expensive machine and it was exactly the same I was so impressed
0: that's great
1: yeah yeah and so that's a great little tip right there is um kind of throw out the pounds yes but know your body fat have a goal for where you want to be body fat percentage and start measuring that
0: yes exactly the next one I love eat slowly and mindfully. So I have always been like a type A, go, 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 and I have been one to gulp my food, and not coincidentally, I have struggled with digestive issues most of my life, and just recently, you know, I've been really being mindful, and I had another health coach on the Balanced, Beautiful Abundance show, and I love that she said, "Mouthful, fork down. So that's stops me from shoveling food. If, if I got something in my mouth, I literally release my fork. I don't even touch it until I have mindfully swallowed my food. So I think that's a really good one, eating mindfully and slowly.
1: It, it is a really good one. And it's more important than people think. Uh, many people are shocked that I rank that above the foods that you eat because everyone talks about the foods that you eat. But this comes from PhD nutritionists. Dr. John Berardi is, in my opinion, the best nutritionist on this planet right now. I I, I geek out about this stuff. I've read many, many books and experts, and I I pay for uh, periodicals because I'm in the industry. And Dr. John Berardi is among the best. It's why I took, when I wanted to be certified, I took his course because I have so much respect for him. And when he told us in the course that how you eat is more important than what you eat, I did not believe it. That makes no intuitive sense. But the reason for it, Rebecca, is because our digestive system starts in our mouth. We have enzymes, especially that break down the starches and the carbs, and we have to chew our food to the consistency of applesauce. We then swallow it, and it has the right enzymes worked into it, and it's small enough for our stomach to deal with it. Now, the stomach is a series of folds that's working more enzymes and stomach acids into the food, and it takes time to do that. And the hormones that trigger to our brain that we're full are not perfect. They run a little bit behind. So if we eat quickly, we can eat enough food, then keep on eating. Then the hormones say, no, you're full. Stop eating. It's too late. And studies have proved that we eat about 20% too much. Our stomach can't digest it and get all the phytonutrients and zoochemicals and energy out of that food into our bloodstream the way that it should work. So we're not even absorbing a lot of that food. Then our stomach, our stomach's upset. We feel gassy and bloated and awful after we overeat. We all know what that is like, right? right? So then we're not cleansing properly, right? So, so all of this is, is, a, is a disaster. It's no good eating the right foods if we eat them the wrong way. Don't get me wrong. I should re- probably rephrase that because we should always eat healthy foods. Yes. But you understand what I'm saying.
0: Yes. And I also recently heard on a podcast that it's not good to drink water while you're eating because then it actually dilutes the hydrochloric acid in your stomach and it's harder for your stomach to break down the food. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, There are mixed science on that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And um, I I, I honestly, Rebecca, one of the things about things like that is – I think that's a personal thing. I think you you should experiment with it. Like if you're digesting fine and you're feeling good and you have great energy and everything's going and you have a glass of water with your food, then I'd say you could probably carry on with that because I've seen studies that contradict each other in that area. And when scientific studies contradict each other, I I, I come back to, okay, those are interesting studies, but not one of those was was done on me.
0: <laughs> right, right. you got to experiment with yourself.
1: Yes, and so this the, the the theory sounds accurate. What you're saying makes intuitive sense, right? Um, but the fact is, at the same time, most people are dehydrated, and if they don't drink with a meal, they often don't drink enough. And so there's more that goes into that as well, because we have to make sure we're getting at least half our body weight of ounce, and, and ounces of water every single day. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you need 75 ounces of water. And the fact is that some people stop drinking water with their meal, now they introduce a new problem. They might become dehydrated.
0: That is that is true. That is true. Speaking of dehydration, what do you think of this new trend of putting salt in the water, in your water, to be less dehydrated? Do you think that's valid?
1: I put a gram of salt in my water every morning mm-hmm. because of the intermittent fasting. Okay. okay. When, when you stop eating processed foods and you eat clean, mm-hmm. one of the... Most interesting thing that happens, we're all afraid of salt. We've all heard about hypertension, all the problems with salt, right? But guess what? When you start eating clean, you don't get enough salt. It's one of the first things that happens. All of a sudden, you've got to start putting salt on stuff or you get low on sodium. Now, first of all, uh, the, the the cheapo salt in the big containers in the big box stores just think of that as a chemical. Just, just stop using that, right? Everyone listening, just kind of get rid of that. Go buy yourself some really good Himalayan or real salt or any of those. I'm not a brand. and yeah, I don't care what brand. Right. But, but get a real salt that's extracted from the earth with all the minerals, okay? And I, what I do is um, my morning routine is, is uh, like this. I walk the dog for half an hour. I meditate for 20 minutes. And I exercise for an hour. That's my win the day routine, right? Love it. Now, before I start uh, meditating, I mix up a drink with a gram of real salt, some BCAAs, and some electrolytes. Mm -hmm. And then I drink that throughout my workout. That's my intra-workout drink and the first thing that I drink in the morning. And I recommend that for anyone who's doing it because it's been since 6pm the last night before I had anything to drink or any, any food or electrolytes or salt, right? And so, those are some of the nutrients that you need while you're, while you're in a fast. To your point about being more hydrated, I don't know. I don't know specifically whether we get more hydrated from that. I, I do know that intuitively, I, I've been doing that for years and I definitely feel better. When I do it, and this drink I'm talking about is 24 ounces of water. Yeah. I weigh 190 pounds. So it's getting me, you know, a, a good chunk. So at 190, I need 85 ounces or sorry, 95 ounces of water per day. So I'm getting 24 of them right away, right there. And so uh, I, I think that that little habit is a good one that will serve anyone well. But again, sodium is a tricky thing because if you're, you're not eating clean or eating fast food, you're getting a lot of sodium.
0: Mm hmm. That's true. So if you start if you're eating at- soup, if you're eating microwave food, which isn't the healthiest food, mm-hmm. but there's so much sodium in food. If I understand and- if you're eating super clean, you're not getting salt.
1: Yes. And so that's a tricky one. I wouldn't advise everyone to take a gram of salt every single morning if you're going to then later eat fast food or anything out of a can.
0: Right. Exactly. So that brings us to intermittent fasting. I know it's super trendy. So, I study a lot of nutrition, and it seems like there's two major trends. One is the medical medium, which is lemon water, celery juice, and then uh, a detox smoothie. And then the other trend is the intermittent fasting. So what what do you think of the two? How do they compare? Is intermittent, intermittent fasting for everybody? Um, there's also you know a lot of great cleansing properties in lemon water and celery juice so what are your opinion about those two trends
1: okay i got to be brutally honest yeah, i think one for. of those is is worse than a trend it's just a fad and the other is no longer a trend and already proven science okay the intermittent fasting, the, the studies are many now. Like and, and in the beginning, now this is really important. In the beginning, all the studies on intermittent fasting, 90% of them anyway, were done on men. Mm-hmm. It was often not advertised as such. We just heard this, you know, people heard on the radio, hey, a study was done on intermittent fasting and people tended to lose 10 pounds over the first 60 days. Or they tended to be, you know, uh, sleep better or pick one of the benefits that we've been told. Right and all those things were announced. And then they start talking about, oh, well, what should the eating window be? Oh, it could be just eat one meal a day at dinner time. It could be four hours, it could be six hours. Almost all those studies are done on men. And then a lot of women heard those studies, oh, that's really cool, I'd like some of those benefits. And so they start doing the same thing. And instead of having those great health benefits, uh, they started to have hormone imbalances and some, some problems from intermittent fasting. So we have a lot better science now on women, specifically both in childbearing Age age, and after menopause. And both of those, again, are different for the eating window and how they do. And some of them, men have a 24-hour um, cycle, hormonal cycle, mm-hmm. and women have a 28 to 31-day hormonal cycle. Mm-hmm. So, there's now apps for women on exactly how to eat and balance your food and what the window should be throughout the month, okay? So, um, I want to make that distinction right away. But guess what? There's now thousands of studies, both on men and both on women, and not one of them has come back with any negatives at all. That's there great. are no negative studies on this. It, it, it fits our circadian rhythm. It, it fits our human history as we understand it, back to our ancestral ancestors who hunted and gathered and took a little time to gather a meal. They couldn't just walk up to the fridge,
0: right. grab something,
1: they right. couldn't go get a midnight snack, right? Um, now, about the other, there's nothing wrong, of course, with lemon, water, and celery and everything, and I'm familiar with the medical medium, um, but there's nothing magical about celery. There's nothing, there's no magic there, okay? So, so what, the the reason why um, I'm a little bit negative about it, because I think people get expectations when there's metaphysics brought into something, like, oh, I, I had this vision or whatever.
0: I channeled it, yeah.
1: I channeled it. It's really tricky because I really believe in intuition and in my own getting the universe telling me stuff. I do. I get that. But when I get it and then tell everyone else that's how life is, that's when, whenever so- someone else tells me they got something that, that oh, oh, so all of you should do it, right? Right. That's when I get a little bit more skeptical because celery is one vegetable and it has its place in the vegetable kingdom. Is it the best of all vegetables? No. There are vegetables with much more phytonutrients, mm-hmm. with a lot more bang for the buck. Yeah. And I think that the people who are who are juicing a ton of celery, expecting it to be more magical somehow than spinach or kale or berries or all the other things that they could juice in the morning, have been misled. Yeah. And I think they would be better off to go to the EWG.org and find the, uh, the, those, those fruits and vegetables that you should eat organic. Are you familiar with the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen?
0: Yeah. What's the EWG.org? What does that stand for?
1: EWG, it stands for Environmental Working Group. It's a phenomenal organization that every year determines how many chemicals and, and, and um, toxins are in food, and it gives you a list of the 12 the, the the clean fifteen, the fifteen foods that you can buy from the grocery store that you don't have to get organic, right? Often these are root vegetables and whatnot. Where the pesticide, they actually measure. They take the food and they measure, right? They 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 get down to the 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 the, the cellular level of the food to determine if there's toxins and pollutants. And pretty much every year, uh, the answers are are similar in that thin skinned things like berries. And um, kale and spinach are the things that are critical to buy organic because yeah. uh, if we don't, they're just packed with chemicals, okay? So I would say learn that list, buy some of those foods organically. I'd say, I think one of the healthiest uh, of, uh, compounds on this planet is blueberries. Yeah, There's a lot of – right? Uh, kale and spinach, I mean, those three right there – they're a lot healthier than, than uh, celery.
0: Now, blueberries have been researched to have so many properties for the mind health, too, which is so great.
1: Yeah, and I'm all about variety. Yeah. And that's the other challenge I have with it. So it, it's tough because I, I want to be careful what I say. Right. Some people are getting up having a coffee, and just like you mentioned, they're, they gotta, they're having Starbucks for breakfast.
0: Right.
1: Well, if they'd have lemon water and celery instead, huge improvement, do it.
0: Yeah.
1: But then to think that that's somewhat magical, that's where I'm skeptical and would say, well, yeah, blueberries are pretty magical, too. And so are some of these other things. And variety is great. And your body needs a lot of phytonutrients. And there's a lot of stuff available from a varied diet. So why not experiment with a variety of different juices on a regular basis? You don't have to go through pounds and pounds of celery uh, (laughs) to achieve your health goals. (laughs)
0: Awesome. All right. Well, that was, that was, I probably just
1: made a whole lot of people mad at me. And so I apologize, but I got to be honest. And could I be wrong? Of course, I'm just one guy with my own opinions, take them for what they're worth.
0: Exactly. I mean, I've been doing some rooms on clubhouse, joining some rooms where people are like, they swear by it. They swear it, it, it cured their autoimmune issues, but that's just one out of the many, you know, very strict medical medium protocol that, that could be helping them. So let's talk about eating healthy carbs, fat, protein. So if you do your coffee or tea bulletproof style and you add fat to it, does that break a fast or are you still uh, doing intermittent fasting if you have that in the morning instead of breakfast?
1: What a great question. Guess what? The science is coming out on that. Now, have you heard of the fasting mimicking diet?
0: No, I haven't
1: okay that's new research there's a doctor in california who's been studying this and so far the preliminary evidence now when you say break a fast first of all we have to define that because it means different things to different people understand like there are strict fasting there's some people that don't consume anything during a fast for example some religious fasts uh mean abstaining from everything you don't even drink water so so to to some people uh they would think that putting anything in your mouth uh, is so-called breaking a fast. Now, right. outside of religious fa- but fast or people who came from religion and start fasting and feel like that's how the fasting works, um, they have that sense of, oh, I'm cheating. I put something in my mouth. Um, I already mentioned that I drink water and take electrolytes, salt, and BCAAs during my fast. But the new evidence on fasting mimicking diets is that uh, when we talk about breaking a fast, right? Breaking a fast physically has more to do with spiking our insulin and breaking the hormonal cycle. Meaning during the night, our estrogen, testosterone, and HGH all rose. Our our blood sugar went down and we're in that state for a few hours until we eat. Right. We're also hopefully in a state of autophagy where we're cleansing out toxins, pathogens, carcinogens during the night and in the morning until we eat that first meal. But I've been experimenting with taking MCT oil mm-hmm. with a mushroom-based drink mid-morning and extending my fast, considering I'm still in the fast. And so, instead of having my breakfast at 10 o'clock in the morning like I normally do, I found that if I take two tablespoons of coconut oil,
0: mm-hmm.
1: mix it in with a healthy… I like mushroom elixirs. Mu- there's a variety on Amazon that I enjoy. I love and I'll, mushrooms. Me too, right? And they're so healthy for you. Yeah. And so I've been experimenting with buying these bags of mushroom drinks off Amazon, uh, heating up the water, two tablespoons of coconut oil, and one of these mushroom drinks, mix it up. And I can go another three hours on my fast and eat at noon or one o'clock and feel great.
0: So the mushroom mushroom, uh, elixirs are not breaking the fast because there's no sugar. They don't change your insulin levels.
1: Yeah, that's right. So so um, theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is all being studied.
0: It's all new, right? But I it's I all being
1: studied say, right now.
0: Mushrooms are magical and they're adaptogens and they're just so many cool, like I like four stigmatic mushrooms, I like mud water. Have you tried those? They're so good.
1: Both. Both. And um, for Sigmatic, I have boxes of those things, right? So, so I, I'll buy like you know the six pack or whatever, the variety pack. I like those just as a drink anytime. Um, the Mud Water, honestly, I probably won't buy that one again. I thought it was too expensive. Um, I, I, I thought it was a a really well branded but possibly overhyped product. Honestly,
0: very well branded. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: and I didn't love it, and so I didn't feel like I was going to pay twice as much for a bottle of stuff that I didn't feel like was any better than the half price one that, you know, had similar ingredients.
0: Exactly. Well, let's move on. I had to go on Instagram live because you were just dropping so much great stuff. So that's kind of fiddling (laughs) around with my phone. I was like, we've got to go live on Instagram so people can hear this. Oh, wow. Really? Hello,
1: everyone on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Hi, everyone (laughs) on Instagram. This is really getting good. So eat healthy carbs, fat, and protein. Okay, so a lot of people don't know about healthy carbs. They think all carbs are bad. So are you the type of uh, coach or expert that believes you should only have so many grams of carbs per day if you want to (laughs) stay in ketosis? Like what is your opinion on
1: carbs? No, I – I, I um I do like ketosis. I'm in ketosis a few hours a day. I don't uh, like it as a long-term thing. There's a lot of hormonal disruption. Carbs are not just energy. Now, the problem is we eat too many unhealthy carbs. Yeah, but when you start eating healthy carbs, like I, I said, you know, five to nine servings of veggies per day, right? Those are all carbs. Yeah, veggies have very little protein and a whole lot of carbs. and um and the fact is that, Carbs are a great source of energy when you eat healthy carbs. They're a great source of all kinds of nutrients and they're important for hormone regulation. Our hormone regulation is one of the most undersung elements of health, but we need to be going through daily and monthly cycles for women that are healthy hormonally. And we disrupt that when we start messing around with, with our, our carbs. Um, you know, sweet potato is a carb there's nothing wrong with a sweet potato right. uh as, as part of your diet i just promise you um when you get a healthy serving of carb fat and protein with your meal you're satiated you're getting a lot of phytonutrients you're going to feel really good and it's a lot easier you know let me ask you this personally how many people do you know that went into a strict ketosis diet that are still on it 2 years later
0: no one it's it's too hard
1: yeah and that's the problem.
0: Yeah. When I,
1: when I tell people you get to eat normal food all day in the eating window, no calorie counting. Yes. You just eat during your eating window. You eat when you're hungry. You eat, you know, eat whole delicious foods, eat all the carbs you want, but healthy carbs. And when you're getting a portion of protein with it, you tend to be satiated. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of a balance of carbs, protein, and fat and getting five to nine servings of veggies a day.
0: That's a lot of veggies in a short window of time.
1: I have to cheat. I don't love veggies. I don't like salads. Like I'll eat a salad if it's given to me on on, on a plate. But typically, um, I'll I'll give you an example. Like today for lunch, I had um, a bunch of mixed nuts. I had guacamole and i had cucumber and i took that cucumber and dipped it in the guacamole and had had, had nuts and it's delicious to me i love it it's got protein carbs and fat right there love right it. and it was delicious and so another thing that i do though is i cheat i have powders okay yeah. i have green powders and those save me because eating five to nine a day is tough if i can't get three or four of them from just You know, orgain protein powder, plant-based protein powder with the, you know, that one you get at Costco.
0: My favorite. I love it. Me too. It It can like kill the taste of anything. I put like seaweed and spirulina because I am doing some of the medical medium protocol and that orgain vanilla protein powder is so sweet. It makes everything good.
1: And it's, and it's a, a couple servings of veggies.
0: I didn't realize that. That's great.
1: Yes. Yes. I've got a hard stop in four minutes. Oh,
0: my God.
1: We're broke about that. I know.
0: We well, <laughs> not all day and geek out on nutrition. So let's talk about the supplements because I know you are the owner and manufacturer of a line of supplements.
1: Yes. Let me show two of them off to you. you
0: some of your hero products and what we need to know. And I know uh, we're going to offer the listeners a really cool discount on these products. So tell us about your wonderful line of supplements, Dave.
1: Okay. Well, when it comes to supplements, the first thing we all ought to be doing is filling in deficiencies. A lot of people are taking supplements that might sound really cool and do all kinds of great things, but if you're deficient in vitamin D or zinc or chromium, then it's kind of like spray painting a rusty old car right? If you want to restore an old car, you get the rust off, okay? With our health, those things are vitamins and minerals. These are our two um, flagship products, Mimi's Miracle Multi and Mimi's Miracle Minerals. And those two together are the basis of a health plan. So, if someone tells me, look, I can't afford very much for supplements, I would say, well, then don't do anything but a great multi and a mineral. Start there, Mm -hmm. right? Don't, don't start by painting your car. Start by fixing the engine. Right. Okay. And, and, and that's what we're doing here. Now, this multi, I'm really excited about. I'd love for people to go to our, our website, dirobi.com, and just read the ingredients because I think you'll be really impressed. They were designed based on the top nutritional deficiencies of all the biohackers that have got their blood tested the last few years. Right. Nice. We, we thought, well, they're all biohacking. We'll biohack the biohackers. I love they're that. telling if- us. <laughs> They're telling us what everyone's deficient in, and we just designed our products to have those things that everyone needed by the time they got their their blood work done. Now, if, if you would take our minerals and our multi for 60 days, those of you listening, and then get your blood work done, I'd highly recommend that, okay? This will take care of the biggest problems, but I get my blood work done every six months, and I highly recommend that habit because, for example, I find I always am making adjustments, So in my last one, I was low on potassium and selenium. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I started eating more cashews and bananas. Mm -hmm. Bananas are high in potassium and cashews are high in selenium. And that's how I adjust. I don't take more supplements after my multi and my minerals. When it comes to multi minerals anyway, I try to get all the basics from these two that are really hard to get from food. And then I try to adjust my food to, to get the rest. And that's a great Health habit, I think.
0: That's great. So if we take anything, it should be and it's Mimi's Minerals and Mimi's multivitamin. Mimi's
1: a Miracle Min- Multi and Mimi's Miracle Minerals. Yeah, you can get them both on Amazon as well, but I recommend our site because you can get 10% off with your code. What was it? And
0: my code is balance for the balance, balance. Abundant show. So just write <laughs> balance as your promo code and get the 10% off. Well, I know you have a hard stop any minute, so Dave... I'm sorry about that. We could
1: go on another hour easy. This is great.
0: I mean, I love to geek out on this stuff, and you're such an expert, and I'm really excited to be on your show so we can talk about more exciting things, but just thank you so much for all your input and your wisdom, and you're such an inspiration in the health and wellness field, and it's an honor to have you on the Balanced Beautiful Abundant Show. So everyone who's listening, take a screenshot Tag me on Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. I will reshare. Leave a five-star review. We're a grassroots movement. So if you leave a five-star review, we stay up in the rankings where more and more people can become balanced, beautiful, and, and abundant. Thank you so much, Jay, for your time. And everybody, keep your vibe high and your hands clean. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them. Please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant.